Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hi, Reach listeners. Thank you for coming back for the second half of our conversation with the one and only China Clayton, former assistant to Mrs. Michelle Obama and current founder of Matriarch Made Development, a coaching firm for executive assistants. You have spoken a lot, uh, and I'm referring to you know some of the, the other press pieces that have been published about you and your story, but you've, you've spoken a lot about this pressure of perfection and wanting to do your role at a hundred plus percent because, you know, you recognized that contributing to Mrs. Obama's success was so much more than just a job. I mean, you were, as your mother said, when she said, you, you're going to take this job, you were contributing to an unprecedented moment in our nation's history. I mean, this, this had never happened. We had never had an African-American family grace the Oval Office, period. Yeah. So, you're working in a situation of this, you know, all eyes on you kind of moment in, in of historical significance. So how do you navigate what I can only imagine was just an incredible amount of performance pressure and this yeah. sense of all eyes being on them and, and consequently all eyes being on you. And, you know, while it might not be identical, I think that you know, some of our EAs go through sort of equivalent experiences, right? Where they feel like maybe all eyes are on them. It's a particularly contentious, you know, takeover situation, or there's an acquisition, or there's an IPO, or there's something where they feel like the stakes are incredibly high. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I guess, for two-part question is how did you handle that? And secondly, how do you counsel others who are going through similar moments? Yeah. Um, you know, I knew that we had to get it right, right? That there was no room for error because like you said, eyes were on us, but in a way that they had never been before. And if there were ever going to be another Black person <laughs> in the highest office of the land, this Black man had to get it as close to perfect as possible. Mm-hmm. And so striving for perfection just became even more so of my norm. You know, being Black we're always taught to strive for perfection or be twice as good, or you have to be twice as good. And so, you know, working in the White House under the first African-American administration, it just always pushed me to work as hard as I could. You know, there was this added pressure because our every step and misstep, it mattered, not only for the sake of the country, but also for my culture. And so I never wanted anything to distract from their messages you know, and the work that they were doing. So I, you know, again, I was always trying to be as best prepared as I could, um, whether it was the knowledge of the events and, and, and you know, briefings and, and being able to be, uh, you know, that, that wall of knowledge should she need it or that resource should she need it. Um, but also that bag that I carried of having all the little things because I never wanted you know, an earring or a hair that was out of place to now distract from the fact that she's helping, you know, 
millions of girls around the world gain access to education or encouraging young kids to pursue uh, secondary education, you know? So it, it was just always really trying to be prepared. And I think the key to navigating it though, you have to give yourself grace and try not to be too hard on yourself um, and learn from your your mistakes and not make the, mis- the same mistakes twice. You know, I, I understood that we were human and we are bound to make a mistake here or there. But the real test is how you bounce back, you know, how you learn, how you implement what you've learned and how you move on. So like, don't harp on that one thing that didn't go right. Instead, start thinking about how you can do it differently the next time, right? Forgive yourself and keep it moving. I remember um, seven, <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. just like- <laughs> I say that all the time. Keep it moving, keep it pushing. Let's go. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, you know? it is remember, so true. Um, I was like maybe seven months into the job and I sent Mrs. Obama out on stage too early for a speech. And when I tell you, like, I died in that moment, like I was pushing up the daisies in my mind, like career over, like when she comes <laughs> off stage, this is it, just get ready, pack your stuff, let's go. Um, but honestly, she, she handled it like a champ, right? Um, and I, I, I was just like, okay, after this event, how am I going to handle this? And so what I decided was, I'm going to address it head on. And so once we got into the limo, you know, I, I owned my mistake and I was just like, I'm, I'm not going to act as if it didn't happen or wait for her to question it. You know, I apologized immediately and I told her how I plan to ensure that it didn't happen again, you know, and she accepted that and she offered some advice. Um, and trust me, it never happened again. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, own it, learn from it, forgive yourself and just move on. Just move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think about, um, what you said about, your practice of waking up two hours before mm-hmm. Mrs. Obama needed you. And that was sort of the, the moment, the almost like the, the meditative moment. We spoke a little bit earlier about how you, how you got into knitting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there's sort of this <clears throat> meditative, meditative moment that you were allowing yourself and really just ensuring that your state was correct. You know, how yes. you show up, your composure, were you in command of your state, a state of being, state of mind, all of that. And I, I think that um, I think that that practice that you adopted was probably really, really critical in, in just being able to quiet that and really ensuring that you showed up with your game face on um, every, oh, every sure. day. Yeah, for sure. It's like I couldn't imagine if I did not set aside that time, you know, it just be, I'd be frazzled. It just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to properly assess, you know, the incoming. <laughs> right. And a lot of times you'd find yourself being reactive, right? And it's just like, no, 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 no. And especially in such high stakes environment, it's like, no, no, no. I don't have time to just be reactive. Like I need to be able to be level-headed as I go into this. I need to be able, you know, if somebody's delivering some bad news, not flip out, but just say calmly. (laughs) Okay. So let's think through how we can correct this, right. And be quick on my feet enough to come up with a solution or quick on my feet enough to figure out how I'm now going to deliver that news to her in a way that she's 
reassured that it's a problem, but we're working on it. It's a problem, but we fixed it. You know, don't don't just come to her with the problem, but also come to her with how you plan to correct it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And, it, you know, it, where, where are you most likely to achieve the best solution? Is it is it if you're in a triggered irate, frazzled state, (laughs) or is it probably not? Or is it if you, if you're centered, if you're coming up, you know, you're entering the situation in a composed, thoughtful, clear way. And also let's not forget, like this was a marathon, you know, this was not you kind of doing this for a year or two on some kind of rotational thing. And then you were going to go somewhere else. This is a long haul. And the, mm-hmm. the type of lifestyle that you're describing is not one that you can maintain if you're not properly fortifying yourself, re replenishing your right. engine, giving yourself proper rest, proper reflection, proper right. consideration. You just won't make it. Like you won't. You will not. You will not. I'm telling you, you have to, you have to. And it's a hard thing to do. Trust me. You know, there, there'd be sometimes where I was just like, oh my gosh, but you have to carve out that time. You have to set those boundaries and it may mean more of a sacrifice on your end to say, okay, I'm going to wake up two hours earlier than I normally would. Or I'm going to say, Hey, just so you know, you know, this weekend I'll be unavailable or offline from this time to this time because I'm going on a walk or I'm doing this, you know, and being communicative about it because the last thing you want is for your principal to, you know, reach out and you're just not responsive. Um, So just making sure that you've said, hey, here's the plan, just so you know. And nine times out of 10, they're fine with that, right? So having the courage too to say, here's the boundary. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I need this time for me. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. great. That's fair. So you speak candidly about your formative years in your interview with Vogue magazine. And I'd love to hear from you, you know, as you reflect on this incredible success you've had as an executive assistant and also how you approach your work. Can you comment further on how those experiences have really informed who you are and how you show up when it comes to your work? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a single parent household, um, you know, and my, my father went to prison when I was three years old. So my mom had to bear the weight alone and she worked the graveyard shift so that she was able to drop me off and pick me up from school every day. And then every night she'd, you know, pack me up and take me over to my grandmother's house. Um, so honestly, I got my work ethic from my mom, right? My level of care and thoughtfulness, um, my preparedness, that attention to detail, that all came from observing her. Um, she taught me, you know, everything was in the details. I remember she would make me rewrite homework assignments, literally start mm. over um, if she could tell that I rushed through them, right. Or if my handwriting was off or if I didn't erase something good enough. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I just be like, Oh gosh, are you serious? But it taught me to have patience. It taught me to take pride in my work. Um, you know, my mom is my day to day inspiration. I saw the sacrifices that she was making for me. And so, you know, I knew what support felt like. Um, and she would often go without so that I could have, um, I like to say she did the opposite of what they teach you in the airplane safety videos, right? Like she always <laughs> put my mask on first before hers. She did. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. and I feel like assistants are required to do so much of the same, 
right? You are always thinking about someone else before yourself and always anticipating someone else's needs before your own. And and, and it's funny, uh, Mrs. Obama uh, jokingly calls me her mom. And it's like, it all makes sense. I'm like, it makes sense. Right. I'm thinking about you. <laughs> like you're my child. I am taking care. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. That's priceless. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of Mrs. Obama's mom, she was an executive assistant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I love yeah. learning that. I love learning that because I feel like, and this is just me clearly projecting, speculating, but I feel like clearly she understood what that meant what kind of sacrifices a person goes through for their work and for their principle when they choose that as their career path and she saw that she grew up around that you know like that was really that was really meaningful yeah well I also am a matriarch made woman China so I I read your story (laughs) um and I, so much of it resonated with me. Um, I mean, it, you know, obviously everybody has differences in their circumstance, but I, I was mm-hmm. raised by a single mom and father was nowhere to be found. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely, um, I definitely appreciated just the, the, the incredible um, reverence you have for your mother and the nod um, and, and regard and just genuine, you know, appreciation for what, for what that is. I don't think that unless you've lived that life, um, you know, like what a single mom goes through is just Ooh. like, man, that's a whole, it's a whole other thing. And talk, um, about it. talk about the long run game, like talk about endurance and oh, managing yes. for the long run. Like it's just, it's, it is a, it is a marathon. So I love that you call your company matriarch made. I have to assume that's a nod to your mom. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's lovely. So um, what is entailed in supporting a celebrity or somebody so high profile? Um, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit in terms of like that little bag of tricks that you had and, mm-hmm. you know, um, not wanting to have really anything that people could say about them that would take away from the mission or what they were trying to right. accomplish in that moment. But, you know, what what can you share with us about What's involved in supporting someone so visible that's wh- whose life and whose comings and goings are literally on the tip of everyone's tongue? It's on it's on everyone's brain. It's on everyone's television set. It's on everyone's breakfast table in terms of what they did and where they are. You know, what is that? What does that mean in terms of um, supporting and, you know, somebody that has obviously such like a rigorous need for security, but also privacy? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you balance all of that? Yeah. So what I'll say is the relationship or that personal connection, it is so key. And that's when supporting anyone, honestly, right? And that takes time. So like, I don't want anybody to think that that just happens overnight. And it's like, oh, yep, we get along. It's like, no, that takes time. The relationship takes time to build like any other relationship. And that celebrity or executive has to be able to trust you with information and trust you to get the job done. So I knew I was doing my job when my principal wasn't constantly reminding me to do something or asking me for status updates, right? Like she felt confident in my ability to perform tasks. She could say, do it. And she just knew it was going to get done. Um, And she could trust that the information that I was providing her was factual, it was thorough, and it was true. Um, 
So you really have to practice anticipating their needs, you know, and like you said earlier, tuning into their habits and their preferences, right? And communicating. Um, And all of that takes time. Uh, You know, I learned quickly that Mrs. Obama is detail oriented. She's inquisitive. She was a lawyer, right? So she's a professional and she understood the responsibility of the position, um, as did I. And it was important that, you know, in these briefings, I was detail oriented and Mm -hmm. I knew how to pronounce that name because we can't afford for her to go out there and mispronounce someone's name. Um, so it, it was it was always good that I was prepared to, you know, and I continue to say this, but to be that resource for her, right? To be able to answer those questions when necessary. And not to say that she necessarily needed it often, but it was just good to know that she could count on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing was like, she respected other people's time, right? And she believed in being on time. So I paid attention to her habits, ensuring you know, when the schedules came out, okay, she has enough time in between activities for meals, for showers, for hair and makeup, for a touch-up, you know, taking to account, taking into account all of those little things so that we could have, you know, a, a more accurate schedule. Um, and then noticing the moments in which she just needed to be quiet, right? The moments in which she was in the zone, focused on the task that was ahead, um, being prepared in the moments that I knew she may be looking for something. Right. So that sip of water just before she goes on stage, that hand sanitizer, um, the pin in the moment that she needed to sign something. Right. Um, And so I I think it was just it was really being in tune and paying attention to your principal and their preferences. And, you know, sometimes you may, uh, especially in the beginning, need to ask questions. How do you like this? Do you prefer this? Because sometimes people don't know what they like and they don't know what they need and they don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to pull those things out of your principal uh, so that you're set up for success, right? So that you know what their expectations are of you. Um, and that relationship with security, oh my gosh, it is vital. It is vital to the overall success of the operation, um, you know, because you have that shared uh, priority of their safety, of their privacy. But there are times that you have to level set with security and remind them that they need to be human too, right? Mm. <laughs> that you don't want to just keep them in this bubble, right? Because if, if I'm sure if security could have it their way, it's like, nope, they don't touch anybody. They don't go anywhere. They don't do anything because that's going to make my life easier in protecting them. But I think our Secret Service detail did a great job at working hand in hand with me as staff to say, hey, you know, let's figure out how she can just take a walk down the street. Let's just figure out how she can, you know, it's okay for her to hug that person a little longer. It's okay for her to have these human experiences. Um, You know, there there was one thing, one story that she mentioned about just being able to roll down a window in the car. And it's just like, whoa, yeah, Yeah. that's true. We take those things for granted, right? We sure do. I mean, just, yeah, that that moment like when you hear a great song you want to crank it up and mm-hmm. instantly you want to you want to push that window down oh, and yeah. there's just yeah i mean it's 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 staggering the the yeah. amount of adjusting life adjustments that have to happen and and that will have to happen for her forever right it's right. not just while she was in the white house it's for the rest of her life exactly and, and also for you like the implications for you as an assistant i think that's a hard thing for people to process even people that support CEOs, 
of really, really, really high profile organizations, they don't necessarily still have to contend with the same level of planning. For you, you know, for Mrs. Obama to, to quote unquote, take this stroll around the block, I imagine there was a whole bunch of additional considerations and cascading oh, yes. of, of, <laughs> of requests, change orders, demands, what you name it, that mm-hmm. had to be done to get that to happen. And, and very few people live in a world where even something as mundane and basic as taking yeah. a stroll has to be pre-planned. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, for that's every just... move, you know, could you imagine you have to tell someone your before you want to make a move, you have to tell someone. Right. And it's just like, oh, man, oh, man, like, it, it, you know, it's a huge sacrifice. Um, And, you know, my hat's off to anybody who ever wants to run for yeah. president or, you know, but but it, it, it really is. It's a huge sacrifice that they make day in yeah. and day out. Yeah. So you, we, we talked uh, a little bit earlier about how you've credited your mother um, as, as uh, one of your um, strongest mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also credited Miss Obama for helping you to really just instill a level of confidence and, and self-acceptance. Can you share more about the power of, of her mentorship and how it's impacted you in your career? Oh, of course. I see mentorship uh, as an opportunity to invest in yourself or in someone else. Um, You know, being a mentor affords you the chance to pay it forward, right? By imparting what you know or have learned uh, so that people aren't stifled by the same things that stifled you along the way. And so my mom prepared me for life's obstacles. And I think, you know, Mrs. Obama was there to guide me through navigating them. Um, they would both give me, you know, career advice and of course, personal matters too. (laughs) Um, but they really helped me shift my mindset, um, and recognize the value that I bring to the table because, you know, when you're the only in a lot of spaces, whether that's the only woman, the only person of color, the only person your age, it is so easy to think that you don't belong. And if you aren't used to seeing someone who looks like you, in these spaces and doing prominent things, it can almost become second nature to just feel that way. Um, so I'd say that, you know, they help me own the fact that I do belong and that when I'm in these rooms, that there is no one in the room who deserves to be there any more than I do. Mm. Yeah. Love that. You you mentioned a story um, or an anecdote about you know, how you, you felt a need to divulge to Mrs. Obama, um, that your father was in prison Mm -hmm. and, and that your, your impetus for that was that you just wanted to avoid, you know, anything coming out that could, that could possibly cast shade on them in any way, shape or form. And, and so you sat down and and had that discussion with her and you were really nervous about it and, um, trepidatious (laughs) and, um, and I remember you say she was basically like, okay, is that it? <laughs> like, yeah. is there, is there anything yeah. more? <laughs> Seriously, she's just like, who doesn't know somebody who's gone prison? <laughs> like, stop it. And I was just like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, you think uh, until somebody's able to just, you know, put, put, put that kind of perspective on it, 
you really do think you're in these things alone and you are the only one going through these experiences. And it's just like, no, the more we're able, which is why, you know, I, I really applaud Mrs. Obama for always encouraging people to share their stories because the more you share, the more you hear, oh, I'm not alone in this. Oh, I'm not the only person. Oh, we have shared experiences, you know? And that, that helps to bring you closer together to people. That helps to, ha- to have more empathy towards people. Right. And that's the thing is like, I, and I, I think that's such an incredible gift as a mentor is to teach you that you don't need to carry this shame, you know, like, and I think that so often we do that. Like we have like these things that it isn't, I mean, honestly, what did you have to do with that? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) You you had nothing to do with that. You were like a three-year-old who had nothing to do with any of that. And yet you carry this. And I know in, you know, in my own life, like I've carried shame for things that really had nothing to do with me. And, and I think like, what a liberating gift and, and message to just take that burden and say, that's not your burden to carry. Like, go ahead now. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. You can leave this luggage right here. <laughs> I've got it. Don't need to carry this bag of, you know, shame around anymore. Um, I just loved that story. I just thought what an incredible teaching moment and and really like gift for you to have for the rest of your life. You know, like yeah. I just, I well, loved yeah. that. So speaking of lessons, what are the, if you could summarize the top three, because I'm sure there's a million, but if you could summarize the top three takeaways or lessons that you're taking with you from your time with Mrs. Obama, mm-hmm. what would those be? The power of preparedness. Um, always remembering to maintain composure and keep a level head. Um. Oh, and you know what? As cliche as this may sound, to always lead with kindness and think the highest thought. That has gotten me so far in my life, not only career, but in my life. It's just like, just be kind. It doesn't hurt you to be kind, you know, regardless of what you may be going through on any given day. You know, it's like Tabitha Brown says, it's like, don't you dare go mess up anybody else's day. It's like, no, whatever you're dealing with, (laughs) keep that to yourself, but be kind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. What was your biggest pinch me moment? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, honestly, I think it was uh, when she told me that she planned to write about the importance of uh, assistance and include my story in her latest book, uh, The Light We Carry. And so, and for the listeners, if you haven't read it, get it, read it, know it, and you'll have a glimpse into the deep well of knowledge that I've benefited Mm. from for so many years. Um, You know, because as an assistant, we are often the people behind the scenes, right? And we're lurking in the shadows. And so for her to recognize the importance of my role as her assistant, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, and, And I do, I cherish that dearly. Um, there was also a moment where, um, I remember just before her becoming book tour, um, I was going back and forth about what I wanted to do with my hair. And I told her, I was like, you know, I want to get a protective style. I want to get faux locks. Um, and so essentially just something that was easy to maintain something that, you know, I'm not having to put heat on my hair every day, you Mm -hmm. know, not having to spend so much time dealing with hair just because, you know, this was a fast moving tour, um, And I told her, I was just like, but it's not professional enough. 
And she stopped me. She stopped me dead in my tracks. And she's like, says who? And I'm mm. like, um, society, the workplace. <laughs> like, I know I've heard this, right? And she goes, you know, your hair does not dictate your level of professionalism. You do. <sighs> And she's like, yeah. don't ever let someone tell you your hair isn't professional. She's like, I'm your boss. And if somebody's got a problem with it, you tell them to take it up with me. And and in that moment, it hit me. It's just like, yeah, you know, there is another way to be in this world other than what the world dictates to you. What a takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel I have that that, you know, like the, the hair standing up feeling. It just <laughs> like, there's just so many of those stories. Um, mm -hmm. That's, again, another gift. As we transition into what's next for you, I'd love for you to share with our listeners what your vision is for Matriarch Made, um, which we mentioned is the consultancy that you've started for yes. really empowering assistance. So would love to understand, you know, what is the impact that you hope to have on others? And also what sorts of services you offer mm -hmm. and who makes a good candidate to work with you? Yeah, so Matriarch Made, um, as we mentioned earlier, it is named in honor of um, the matriarchs of my family, right? So my great-grandmother, Margaret, my grandmother, Mildred, and then my mother, Doris. And so, you know, these are the women who paved the way for me to become the woman that I am today. And so my hope is truly to change the narrative, not only on how we as assistants and administrative staff view ourselves, but also how the out world, outside world views us. You know, um, I want to eventually create a platform uh, where we can build community and create this network for assistance, um, a place that we can share lessons, find resources, you know, build upon our skill set. Um, it's still shocking to me that assistants are one entry level positions and that there's no real training, no schooling, nothing dedicated towards our line of work. It's all just sink or swim, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm working on designing a program to hopefully correct that uh, because we are often renaissance women and men were the problem solvers critical and forward thinkers you know we're crisis managers accountants <laughs> counselors confidants like you name it mm -hmm. and our roles are so much more elastic than the word assistant can even encompass so you know i want us to stop seeing ourselves as just assistants because we are so much more to that more than that sorry and if we do our jobs, you know, and if we do them well, then the people we support can perform at their best. Um, I also, you know, I, I want to debunk the idea that there's something wrong with anyone who wants to be a career assistant. Like you can pick up on so many skills from those who you support and become an invaluable asset by being a career assistant, you know, and on the flip side, there's also <laughs> nothing wrong with wanting to grow in or beyond that position. Uh, but you just need to make sure that, you know, from the start that you're planting those seeds with your employer and, and, and making sure that they know what your goals are so that you're not overlooked when it's time for promotion, you know, and good candidates. So I'd, I'd say a good candidate for Matriarch Made, um, that would be people interested in the field, um, anyone currently in the field uh, who's just looking to enhance their skill set and employers who are looking to invest in their organization. You know, we offer, um, we offer assistance training and coaching, uh, resume building, interview prep, 
access the organizational tools. Um, you know, we help family offices and startups and nonprofits by laying the groundwork for a steady foundation. And, you know, by way of assisting with like development of job descriptions, uh, employee handbooks, org charts, uh, performance feedback, like all of those building blocks for creating a company culture that promotes transparency, accountability, and, and ultimately respect, you know? And my hope is to also um, offer some more HR services. Like I'm currently in the process right now um, of getting my uh, associate professional in human resources certification. So like, mm -hmm. you know, really trying to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. And I love, I love, love, love hearing you talk about your vision for this and the goal of empowering people and, and, and elevating them and how mm -hmm. they think of themselves. And you used a word, you said, our roles are so elastic. And I yeah. love that. I've never heard yeah. it described in that way, but it's such a great description for the kind of breadth and yeah. complexity and scope that EAs are required to navigate. And um, I, of course, you know, I, I, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yes, China, preach. That's it. Because it's it really like, there's such a need and an outcry for validation in this field. And that's so, it still just never fails to make me feel sad that people in this, uh, such people that are doing and functioning in such a vital way still feel such a need for external validation because oh, they're yes. not getting it <laughs> because yep. there's not, everybody gets to get a, 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 a chapter or an acknowledgement in a book, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we actually, this is funny. We had, yeah. um, we had an article that was, that came out recently in business insider that talked about, uh, us and our work and placing high level executive assistants and, and why executive assistants are important. And it's so funny. A woman actually said, I literally printed out this article. I made, 20 copies of it, staple them, and they sit on my desk so that when people come by and, you know, they don't really, if they, they want to give me the time of day or whatever, she goes, I hand them the article and I tell them, this is why I'm important. So, you know, like, exactly. clearly there's still this, this, this really unmet need for validation. So I, I love, I love what you're doing. And um, it's so, it's so, so important. You know, if, if people, engage with with you and with matriarch made i mean would they potentially be able to work with you would they be able to get coaching by absolutely. you wow absolutely <laughs> okay everybody <laughs> that's the offer of a lifetime right there that's incredible yeah that's great okay well we will as i mentioned um link in our show notes but it's www.chinaclayton.com for more information in china you have a your name is spelled C-H-Y-N-N-A and then Clayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. Just want to make sure mm -hmm. we, we specify that. As we close out, um, oh. I'd love to ask you our final question. It's kind of funny. It's kind of ironic because I ask this question of everyone and most people, their answer for this question is your former boss, Michelle Obama. No way. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really curious. I'm like, oh, what are you going to say? So the question is, if you could support anyone in the world throughout the course of history, and it can't be Michelle Obama because you've already done that. Oh, man. <laughs> who would you choose to support and why? Oh, my goodness. I do love this question because I, I would have said I've already supported them. 
If I had to choose anyone other than her. This is crazy. I'd say Jesus. I have um, a fellow EA, Christine, who you may know. Um, yes. And she believes in servant leadership. And I think I'm like, what greater example is there of servant leadership than a civil rights leader or Jesus, right? And I think assistants are true servant leaders. So that's who I'd want to, I'd want to, you know, I'd want to uh, support for sure. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you go, Jesus, and then Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Talk about iconic figures. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's great. Um, wow. I have loved this conversation so Same. much. Man, I just, you really, you really, really brought it. I, I can't tell you what a delight. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting hoarse now. Um, but what a delight this has been. Uh, you are just a joy. You're so generous with your storytelling and your humility and, oh my God, what a story. Like I just, I am really just so touched by you, by what you've accomplished and really what you represent of, of excellence and just going for it. Um, so thank you so, so much. Um, Matriarch Made, check China out. Um, thank you. Oh, no. Thank you, Jessica. Seriously, thank you for this opportunity. And thank you and your team for the great work that you are doing with, you know, with, with, with being, bringing attention to the cause and, and truly empowering EAs. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.